Hi, everyone, and welcome to Grid and Grace Leadership Talks with Kate Taylor. Myself, I'm so excited because I have another amazing guest coming on today with myself that I cannot wait to share with you all. So I've got the amazing Jamie Upton. He is someone that we have been in each other's network probably for a good five years, I would say now, um, through various leadership roles that he's been in. And something that's always stood out to me is that he has that grit and grace in his leadership style. Um, and he's currently the executive manager of Out of Home Care at Creating Links, which is a out of home care child protection service um, in the not-for-profit sector. So I cannot wait to introduce him to you today. Welcome aboard, Jamie. Hey, Kate, how you doing? Hey, thanks so much for your time today joining us. So good to be here. Yeah, awesome. And I just, I'm grateful where you've been a client of mine, you've been a candidate over the years, we've had a lot of different connections. And no matter where you end up in your career, we end up crossing paths, it seems. So thank you for coming on board and being on this podcast and video. Yes, it's a small world. We keep bouncing into each other. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, you are a very busy man. Um, you have a lot of things you're juggling in life and work. Um, so I would love to know if you could tell us what you do to set yourself up for the day for success. What do you do to start your morning routine? Uh, morning routine is very simple, and it starts with one, oh, actually, two very simple things. Coffee and multivitamins. Oh, I like the sound of that. <laughs> so, um, definitely got to kick the day off with a coffee. But um, in, in all honesty, it's about, for me, it's about um, getting up early. Um, you know, the early bird catches the worm. Don't waste your morning. Yes. Um, use your morning um, to get yourself set and get yourself ready and get the yep. kids off to school and everything else. But for me, it's about, um, yeah, getting an early start, um, um, freshening up doing all those things that you need to as a as a parent first thing in the morning and um and then being able to utilize some of that time even small snippets of time in regards to setting your mind getting your mind in the right space for work and and yeah. um you know checking in to see what you've got on for the day so you know you know where you need to be how you need to be um what you're entering into um, yes and i guess for me i use my time um, once I get in the car, that's my time where I really prep for work. So okay. it's about um, understanding what, you know, what I've got on for the day, um, um, who I'm going to be engaging with, um, whether that's um, meetings back with, um, you know, contracts managers, et cetera, et cetera. And then I pick my set, my playlist to suit. If I can say oh, that, I like that. To work. <laughs> um, music's very key for me to get get me in the headspace and the place where I need to be to be um, getting ready for work. So, you know, if morning the morning's been stressful, getting kids up and um, off to school, then I might pick a certain playlist that might be different um, <laughs> depending on what I've got on and how the morning's gone. Um, but for me, that's I, I have a fairly structured process in the morning, get yeah. up, um, get my son ready for, for school, get in the shower, um you know breakfast etc etc and then really prepare myself in that um long that commute, commute sydney commute yes. to work so yeah um, that's key for me my commute my commute's definitely key for me to go okay you get your head in the game and get ready for the day yeah i agree that's my time too like once i get my daughter to school it's like all right now this is my time i've got to get myself in the zone and get into work mode versus 
parent mode. Um, and sometimes when you've had challenging mornings with the kids, it can be hard. But I found definitely putting on a podcast or listening to a playlist, like you said, um, and it just gets me in the right zone and the right kind of mindset that I need to kind of start my day with success and and not kind of bring that in, project that energy into my team that I might have had in the morning leading up to getting in. So um, I always try and encourage even if it's just five minutes, like getting out the car and walking into the office, put on a like song that boosts your mood uh, is always a good way to kind of get you in the right state of mind so that you can show up and be the leader that you need to be. And leaving your home baggage stuff at home, you know, yeah. and being prepared for what, you know, the out-of-home care space is a really um, complex, tricky space and you need to be on your game mentally and psychologically. So um, for me, if I'm bringing um, residual things into work, um it clouds my focus, you know, That's it makes true. your day cloudy. And some days I need a, a um, things to pick me up um, yep. in regards to my playlist or a podcast or whatever I do in the car. Um, yep. Other days I need things to maybe bring me down a little bit too because it's been a stressful morning. So, you know, it depends on what's happening during the day and, and what happens, you know, on that. Um, I'm usually up before six o'clock. So it's, um, wow. it's a pretty long day and it's a pretty quick start to the day getting things done and getting into the office. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think, um, you know, you've obviously had quite a journey and a career path in this community services, social work area. Could you tell us a little bit about your career path um, that has got you to being at the level you're at now? Because I know there'd be a lot of people listening or watching that maybe have a dream to be an executive manager of a not-for-profit one day, um, a CEO, GM, anything in that leadership space. Um, but they're like, how do I get there? You know, we can often look up to people like yourself and think, oh, you know, it's easy for them. They've just they've just somehow landed this job. Um, and they forget that actually it took a long time to get there. I know with staff that joined me, they're like, oh, Kate, you do, you do recruitment so easily and so naturally. And I'm like, yeah, because I've been doing it for 15 years. <laughs> It's yeah. not just something that I've done overnight. So don't compare my start of my journey to your to start of your journey, sorry, to the end of mine. Like, you know, it's a, a big difference. It's taken me 15 years to craft what I have developed. And so I think it would be the same for you. Um, could you tell us a bit about your career journey? Yeah, it definitely did not fall in my lap. Um, you know, um, it takes a lot of hard work and, and a long time. Um and if I go right back to the beginning of when I decided, hey, you know what, I want to work with disadvantaged, vulnerable young people, um, I was probably about 18 or 19 years old and I got to a point in my life and in my career where I was done with working um, what I classed as a, you know, a bit of a dead-end job, labouring work yeah. and things like that, things where I didn't really see myself making an impact. And I got yeah. to a point where I said, I either want to be I'm either going to go back and um, do some education around working with young people or I'm going to go and become an accountant. Two ends of the wow, spectrum. Wow, very different. And, and what, I, what I landed on was working with kids seems so much more fun. And um, <laughs> that was literally the decision maker for me and that's about 30 years ago. So I went wow. to take and did some training, et cetera, worked in homelessness for, in Tasmania for quite some time then moved to Brisbane and did pretty much the same, landed in that out-of-home care space as a youth worker in residential-based um, care. Um, and opportunities didn't fall in my lap just because they fell in my lap. They fell in my lap because I worked hard. They fell in my yeah. lap because, or they were offered, I should say, they, they, they didn't fall in my lap. They, they, um, they were offered because I showed initiative 
because yeah. I, um, if there was an extra shift, I turned up. Um, yeah. You know, and that's not to go, oh, look how awesome I am. It's not about that. It's about an in-ground um, work ethic that was built into me by yes. my parents. Yeah. But so I went from youth worker to coordinator to then I got offered a, a senior management role, basically an area management role in a residential um, based organisation for kids in care in Brisbane. Um, and that really catapulted me into management based and leadership based roles at a more senior level. And then it's just hard work <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, yeah. You know, and and learning on the job and really, you know, putting in the time and the effort. And the, for me, yeah. um, you know, being flexible and not being willing to learn. Um, I'm not somebody, and this might sound weird for somebody to say this on <laughs> here, but I'm not somebody that's willing to learn. Um, I'm actually, I, I'm different to that. I'm actually teachable. So for me, um, being willing to learn is coming into a role and saying, hey, I'm willing to learn, but I don't like what you're telling me, so I'm not going to learn it. I'm only willing yeah. to learn what sits with me. Whereas for me, I was more than um, proactive about taking my head to different spaces and um, yeah. you know, being stretched and working beyond my capacity and, and, and all those things. So wow. for me, that's what's really catapulted me into the position that I am today. Um, yeah. That attitude around work ethic Yes. And 30 years of being a youth worker, being a coordinator, being a case manager, being in an executive roles, and yep. 10 years as a doing it hard as a foster carer with um, high complex teenage boys. So, wow. um, you know, I think that gives me a different, I guess, angle from a management perspective as well in regards to what I bring to a role and the different um, perspectives that I see in the role. But it's, it definitely does not land in your lap, it's hard work. And yes. some people are cut out for it and some people aren't. And, yeah. again, that's about, um, I think, in my experience, we see a lot of people end up in senior management roles and they're really good at casework or they're really yes. good at coordinating casework or they're really good youth workers. It doesn't mean they're always going to be the best manager. And that's so I think true. it's about finding your niche and finding exactly where you want to sit. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, you've been able to move around from large not-for-profits to government departments through to smaller one that you're in now. Yeah. Um, can you tell me about um, what does Creating Links specialise in? in yeah, the so um, the main program from Creating Links is our out-of-home care program. Um, yeah. You know, uh, foster care program, um, looking after 260-odd young people. Um, but we also have an NDIS program. We have a, um, a family services program which work with vulnerable families. Um, yeah. You know, we have a counselling program as well um, that's, wow. that the Creating Links also does within the community. Um, yeah. But my, I guess my part is around the, that child protection out-of-home care space. Um, yes. Which keeps me pretty busy. I can imagine. <laughs> to be blunt. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think after a while, um, this sector and the, the out-of-home care sector working with, you know, highly vulnerable young people. Yeah. I say to people, you know, if you took a DNA test of me, there would be something in there of in and around, um, you know, working within the foster care um, system. There would be something in there that you would be able to pick up. It's become a part of, I guess, who I am, um, yeah. which is why... I, I spent a few years outside of this sector and it called my name, <laughs> you know, um, it, it pulled me back in and, you know, 
Yes. It's, it's a round peg in a round hole. Yes, I love that. And I think it's also acknowledging that, you know, um, and this is something I say to Ken Ates a lot, not every job is going to be your dream job. Um, actually, sometimes we need stepping stone jobs to get us to that dream role. And for you, you've had to go through several job changes, several like, you know, being willing, putting yourself out there, saying yes when opportunities come up, taking the step of faith to learn new skills, even if, you know, you don't know it yet. And I think um, people forget that sometimes. It, like they'll look at people that are successful and think, oh, they've just, you know, got there. Um, but actually it's about being teachable, being open and putting yourself out there in times where you say your colleagues are not. Like yeah, if you're definitely. someone that it's like, you know, the manager needs an extra pair of hands on a weekend or for an event or something, like putting yourself out there and saying, hey, can I help with that, you know, and actually showcasing to the leadership team that you're someone that will go the extra mile and wants to learn and wants opportunity um, rather than just expecting it to come to you. Yeah, and that stepping stone piece was very, very relevant to my, I guess, um, last six or seven years. So yeah. I spent um, seven or eight years in Cairns um, working with different programs, um, running my own con um, consultancy, um, setting up a not-for-profit up there to engage with um, um young adolescent boys around mentoring and, and things like that. And then moving to, to Sydney for a change, it's yeah. like I had to start all over again. Um, I had to go looking at, you know, and I, I didn't just walk into a, a senior executive role. I walked into, I, I came down into a coordinator role. And so then you got to start and you got to build those blocks wow. again in a different, in a different space, but you have to be, I guess, um, uh, central and have enough confidence in yourself and be, um, I guess, yeah, confidence, not insecure to be able to go, you know what, it's okay. I can need to yeah. take a couple of steps back because this is a piece where I get to where I want to be. Um, yes. If you're not confident to do that, um, you know, you'll. I would have struggled in regards to getting to where I am today um, and having the position, you know, the privilege of being in the position that I am now. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have got there if I hadn't have taken those jobs that I go, you know what, it's two or three steps backwards, but it, it, yeah. it's the means to the end, right? Yes, get your foot in the door, get your network up, um, yeah. get it on your CV that you're working now for this organisation um, in Sydney so that people go, oh, okay, Jamie's obviously well-known around here and he's got that connection and that. Yeah, I think it's so important and I think um, sometimes, yeah, it might only be for six to 12 months, but, you know, getting that foot in the door um and I think the best leaders, um, you know, that I found in the sector are the ones like yourselves who have worked your way up from the ground up. And, you know, you're, you're not afraid to get your hands dirty. You're not afraid to jump in. And like if a coordinator is off sick or if something happens, you know, even though you're in a senior executive manager role, it's, it's not, you know, obviously you can delegate, but at the same time, if you had to, you could jump in and help. And so um, I think that's the best leaders and managers I've met um, that are able to do that. And, there's people that have worked their way up in the sector um, to be able to get to where they are so they can understand every position in their business. So when a support worker comes to you and says, you know, you hear of something, you're like, well, no, that's not how it works because I know I've been there. And it's the same with the team leaders when they try it on and be like, oh, well, I didn't do that because I didn't have time. And you're like, well, you do have time because we've set up a system for you to do that. You know, things like that. The case notes aren't up to date. It's like, well, we have a platform for that, so you should be doing it. Um, and so one, it gives the accountability, but two, it also shows them that maybe you could, they could be like you one day, you know, that you have worked your way up from their level up to where you are today, um, but you've put in the hard yards and done the work. So I think too, it breaks down the Eiffel Tower 
um, you know, the, the um, sort of syndrome where it's like, oh, I'm sitting up in a tower and you'll just do as you're told and yes. I have no connection back to our business on the that's ground. True. Um, that's and that, true. You know, and that directly, you know, is my, that's my leadership style. Um, I directly yep. default back to a servant leader um, style where um, if I'm not prepared to do it, why should anybody else do it? Um, exactly. So if I see something that's not getting done and everybody else is, um, you know, on the floors like really busy, then yes. I don't mind emptying the, the shredder bin. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I don't mind doing that. Why? Because it shows that I'm, you know, it's not I'm not you. in a position yeah. where that, that role is or that task is um, too far beneath me. Yes. I, I guess it, it, it keeps me grounded. Um, yes. And it, um, I think it helps with that relationship back to senior management from staff that, um, you know, we've all been under somebody that's like, oh, no, that you do that. It's your job, not my job. I'm not yes. touching that. It instantly yes. creates a barrier back that, uh, you know, senior management actually don't understand what we do. What we're dealing with. Yeah, and I, I always say that it's to my important. team as well. Like, I'm willing to do every role in my business. Anything that I ask you to do, I can do it myself, but it's not necessarily the best use of my time. So it's about going, yeah, like, I can do everything you're asking me to do. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it's about finding what is the best use of your strengths and my strengths and making the business run well. Um, and and that really builds a lot of trust, I guess, and respect from my team because of that, um, that, you know, I'm not happy. I don't mind going down to the post office to send a pack out to a client if I have to, um, just as much as I'll get one of my staff to do it. So, yeah, we're doing that's the coffee the run. Great, that's that grit and great grace piece that we're talking about, right? Yeah. Because the, the grace piece is it's okay, I've got this. You continue doing what you're doing. I'll pick yeah. up this, if I can say, meaningless task. Um, yeah. I'll do this and that way I'm not. you're not disrupted. And you can continue with your with your task, but yes. the, the the grit part of that is actually this is your job. Yes. When it gets I to the point that. where it's like I'm not going to do your job for you, I will do whatever <laughs> I can to assist you to do your job, but exactly. don't ask me to write your case plan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because that's actually your task. That's, that's the grit piece. It's that tough conversation. Um, yeah. Um, but the grace piece is then going. Okay, how do you do that best? How can you free up time to make sure that you do that? Actually, I can take this off you so that important task gets fulfilled. Um, yes. That's that balance. And you, if, if you err to grit or if you err to grace too much, yes, you're either, you either become a, a micromanager or an approachable yep. person um, yep. or you become, a, you, you become a walkover. Yeah, exactly. So that balance is really, that's the key piece. And you know, I, think I think we've so. all seen people that have floated either way. And yes. don't get me wrong, there's times in my role where it's like, no, it's grit. It's got to, yes. um, that's what's got to happen. This is what needs to be done. You need to get in and do it and it needs to be done by Friday. Um, yeah. The other piece is I know you're really, I know you're super busy. Just hold, just leave that, park it. I'm going to pick that up for you so that you can get on with those other important things. Yes. Getting that balance that right. Teamwork. Is yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I love that. You've identified that so well. Um, and yeah, tell me about obviously in the sector, the biggest thing I hear is that people worry about burnout, especially in the child protection sector. Um, you know, that kind of like you're, you're, like you said, burning the midnight oil a lot of the time as an executive manager. How do you look after your own well being and mental health and encourage your staff to do the same? Um, it's this is not something that's learned overnight. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
this is something that you learn through sometimes trial and error. Um, yeah. And sometimes you get it right and sometimes you don't hit the mark. But for, for me, 30 years has, has taught me one thing in this industry and it's yeah. about you have to know your priorities. And okay. um, you have to know what is the number one thing, the number two thing, and the number three, et cetera, et cetera. And, yes. and for me, um, it's about understanding and balancing what those priorities then look like. So okay. work is important. You know, if we drop the ball at, at work, um, there's a direct relation back to kids' well-being, safety, outcomes, yes. etc. It, it's not just, um, it's not the same as going, if I drop the ball, I don't sell that shirt. It's, you know, the consequences can yeah. be much greater. So we, our priority is obviously very highly focused on what we do. Yes. But if it comes down to it where the rubber meets the road, my priorities are actually not work. My priority is about um, family, about yeah. friends, about quality time with the people that are around me that um, yeah. assist and support me to be the person that I am. Um, yes. You know, um, Work can never consistently come before family. Um, work yes. can never consistently come come before um, the good, positive people around your life. They are the piece that keep you stable. Or for me, that's the piece that keeps me that's stable. That's what gets you grounded, yeah. Yeah, and so it's ensuring that when I get home, my hour and a half drive home, <laughs> um, wow. when I get home, I'm not bringing work, work through the door. Um, yes. When I get home, um, I'm able to check out of work and be present. Um, yeah. It's about, um, again, using music. I use music um, to de-stress in the car. I'm, yeah. you know, using my time in the car on the way home to contact friends and family and, to, yeah. you know, I've got people that I debrief with and get all that rubbish off your chest. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, the other thing for me, so that's that's number one. That's key. If You know, you've got to have your priorities right. The second thing is get yourself a side hustle. <laughs> Get yourself a side hustle or a hobby. Yes. You cannot be only work and family, work and family, yep. work and family. You need something that 100% disassociates you from your work. 100% yep. that gets your head out of that and puts you in a different space. So for me, um, I've got a couple of things um, in and around, you know, friends are, uh, if I can say part of my, what I would say, um, my side hustle and hobby. So I have friends yep. that I connect with. Um, yep. But I have other things that I do outside of work that um, um, get me out of out of um, workspace and thinking about work. Generically, it revolves around fast cars and motorbikes. <laughs> I love that. Within the speed limit, just want to make within that the speed limit with the safety. Do not yeah. Speed. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> you know, so I have things on the on the outside where, as a car enthusiast, I engage in. Um, engage in you know restoring cars and things like that that gets that totally divorces me from my work gives yeah. me a clear headspace um and then when something i get back creative, to work on different. monday i'm ready i've had my two days um on the weekend where i've been able to get out of headspace um yeah. and go from there the tricky bit currently for anybody um is the work from home hybrid model Yes, if I when believe. you work from home, you have to be very conscious that when you work out, walk out of your office space and close the door, you're you're shutting off mentally. That yeah. is, I for me, I think that's a really tricky space for people currently. Um, yes, um, blurring the lines <laughs> because our work, our work becomes home, our home becomes work. Yeah, um, it's for me, it's very important to have 
uh, a space where I work. Yeah. And in that space, the only time I go in there is if I'm printing something out personally. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't really go into that space outside of work hours. Um, yeah. Because that's work. So I think that's really key. But, yeah, um, set your priorities. Know what your priorities are. Um, yeah. Work cannot be 100% of your life. Um, yeah. That's called the road to burnout for me. Okay. Um, um, get you get good positive friends and family around you to support you and ensure that you have that and yeah. have a hobby. It might be it might be um gym, it might be whatever, whatever your thing is. Yes. Find a hobby that takes you outside of your work where you can yeah. emotionally disconnect and um tap out from work and just enjoy life. Look after yourself. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And yeah, something that um when I was in the heart of lockdown, I remember my psychologist told me um to actually like you're saying. Um, when you're working from home, it was like there's no like um, break in your day because it was like everything's blurred into one. And I remember the big um, tip that he gave me was where you sit to do your work, even if it's at the dining table, sit purposefully somewhere different to where you would sit and eat your dinner with your family so that your brain knows this is work time, this is social family time. And the same with like sitting on the couch, like don't sit on the couch where you'd sit and watch TV and relax to have a work call. Sit in another part of the couch that you don't normally sit on so that your brain can separate the two. Yeah. Um, and also I found that morning exercise routine, like getting up and doing a walk before I started my day, it felt like I was going out and then back in again, like, okay, I'm starting work now, even though I was still just going home. <laughs> Yeah, otherwise you put the collared shirt on, have your um, yeah. pyjamas on and sit in uh, front of the screen, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, And I, that's the thing, I would dress for success every day, like getting up for work, like I would yeah. go to the office. I would dress up at home because I knew I'd have Teams meetings and stuff. And, yeah, I know people joke about wearing your activewear or your pyjamas on the bottom, but actually I feel like then you're kind of a bit lazy. You're not really like in the right zone and the headspace for work. Um, I think getting dressed up every day just gives me that kind of like process of going this yeah. is work time my um, family don't know if i'm working from home or working in the office by the way i dress um yeah see? Um, that's, that although some days when i don't have too much on i'll just wear a t-shirt but Fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> you know that's not so bad but when i was working from home i work from home probably 85 percent of the time um for two yeah. years and um yep always all i didn't work in my pajamas you know i no. i always got changed i always that's about me and it's about that it sort of replaced my drive to work. It's about, yes, no, I'm going exactly. to work, let's get centred, let's get focused. Yes. Otherwise I'm just like, no. Ah. bit lazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, and I'm like a highly motivated person, but even I was finding if I dress down on the work from home days, I'm not as mm -hmm. like focused and productive as my days when I come into work. So, um, yeah, I think it's getting that balance. Everyone's different, but that definitely – makes a difference to me too and then on the on the flip side it's always good to have a, a you know a casual day friday you know in, yeah, in the office as well where you can just um you know tone down a little bit and be a little bit more relaxed but uh, well someone told me yeah someone told me like um this concept that one workplace was doing is called dress for your day so if you know you're having a day where you're not having any like teams meetings or anything like yeah. that you can wear jeans or dress down but then dressing for your day when you know you've got other like like interviews like this or anything like that happening, you dress for success, you know, dress in your power, your power clothes. So um, I thought that was a good concept. We were to literally you, talking, like, yeah, we were literally talking about that this morning around um, some of our therapists and clinicians talking about, yes. you know, don't turn up in your um, 
you know, I'm a corporate clinician suit um, if you're going out to see young people. Dress exactly. down. Exactly. Dress because down, Because you need yeah. to engage at whatever, whatever level you're engaging at is that the way you should present. Yes, that's great. And so tell me, just to finish off, what is your favourite quote that you think showcases that grit and grace in leadership in life? I, I don't really, I've got to be, I, I don't really have um, too many quotes that I live by. Okay. Um, there, is a, there is a verse um, in the Bible um, that says, um, uh, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have life to abundance. So I'm going to give you my take on what that means. And it's probably a philosophy that I, that okay. I live by. And it's about you need to grab life with all that you have. Yes. If there's an opportunity, you need to take it. If a door yep. opens, walk through it. Yep. Don't build the door down. Don't try to break the door down. If it opens up, walk through it. Enjoy yep. life. Marinate in life. Live life. Yep. Love life. Um, but also live it with integrity. Yes. Treat people as a, as you know as a human with dignity and with respect. Um, and so be graceful in the way that you you do life, but be true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we that. and then the flip side of that is we always know that there's people that are prepared to come and steal something from you. So you the people yes. come around you try and, you know, steal your dream or they try to steal your aspirations or they try mm -hmm. to rob you of um, your positivity. You need to be aware of that. And so the grit piece comes into sometimes your dreams and your aspirations, you actually need to cling onto them with everything you have. Don't let the yes. thief come and steal it from you. Um, if somebody's coming to steal your dream, you better hang on. And what's, it's what I call, I say to my, I say to my son, you better get white knuckled on those things. So you better cling on really hard and your knuckles better go white because they're important. And so for me, that whole philosophy of, of yeah. living and, and I guess of, of the way I live and do life is about, it, it's underpinned by the, the, the belief that whenever somebody has connection with me, whenever somebody has anything to do with me, whether it's a video call, whether it's a bump in the, you know, we bump into each other in a corridor, they should walk away feeling better. Yeah, I love that. You should walk away feeling like they've they've got more energy or they've been inspired or they've been encouraged. Yeah. I, yeah. I sort of look at it and go, God help me that they walk away feeling depressed or, or they feel no. less motivated or they because what's in me should be should be transferred onto them in, yes. in, a, in a positive space. So for me, that's sort of where that's it's more a life philosophy than a I love that saying. There's so many sayings, there's so many quotes. And you know, I could you could quote a thousand of them, but I will leave with this one, and it's a bit okay. left of center. And it's um, it's it's a it's a lyric from Bob Marley, and okay. it says, "It's a foolish dog that barks at the flying bird." And for me, that just means sometimes we spend so much time chasing things that aren't important, chasing okay. things that are absolutely at this point in your life at this yeah. stage in your life is not attainable. It okay. may be if you go through those steps. Yes. You have, you have to catch the bird that's on the ground before you'll ever get the chance to catch the bird that's in, that's flying in the air. A dog will not catch a flying bird because a dog can't fly. That's true. So so for me, it's I know it's a silly lyric and um, there's more to it in the song and everything else, but for me it's just that piece of you have to pick your battles. You have to pick where you put yes. your energy because sometimes we throw all our energy into one thing and it's not the thing that we need to throw our energy into because we've become unfocused. I so love for that. me, that is something that sits and keeps me um, somewhat stable and uh, if I can say, you know, I use this because it's about 
it's sort of like your backbone. It keeps you aligned. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, you've been able to pull like a a lyric of a song and a Bible verse and turn it into a life lesson. I just love that. You're amazing. Um, And, yeah, I love that perspective on life and, you know, don't try and run before you can walk. Like, you know, each thing has its time and, you know, appreciating that and don't try to do more than you need to. Do you know what I mean? Um, Do what you got to do each day and then live it with purpose and, and make life easier for other people, like you said, make a difference in some way. Um, whether it's interaction on social media, whether it's face-to-face and like colleague or friend. Um, and, yeah, reach out to those that, as you think of them, those friends and family that might be having a rough time and, and showing that you care. And I think that's so important. And, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed our chat and I'm sure other people will too. Um, and you really go after life with determination and grit and grace. And so thank you for being a guest on my podcast and my video And if you want to connect with Jamie, you can connect with him on LinkedIn, uh, Jamie Upton, or on the Creating Links website, you can reach out to him. So, yeah, uh, lovely to have you on board, Jamie. Thank you. Thanks, Kate. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you soon.